today on Growth Mindset University. Most people have been taught to put their kids in school, grow up, get married, buy a house, and get a retirement fund. It's because we have been trained to be very much dependent on the system. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. This conversation with Shanda Sumter changed my life. It was pretty crazy. For the first half of the episode, she's teaching us how to grow a business to 10 figures, which of course she's done. And then the rest of the episode, she's teaching us how to buy and sell a home using none of your own money. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. And you're going to understand exactly why and how to do it by the end of this episode. Again, this is why I said it was pretty life-changing. She explains to us how uh, you can leverage yourself to millions as opposed to earning yourself to millions, putting in the grind day in and day out. There's a better way. And it has has to do with leverage, which Shanda teaches us today, uh, when she tells us how to buy and sell a home using none of your own money. This episode, it was so powerful, so actionable that uh, I had to go back and listen again right after I recorded the episode and write down a bunch of notes. Like during the conversation, it went right over my head and I sounded like an idiot at some points. And that's totally okay because in the end, I learned a lot, especially after I took these notes. Like there was so much buzzword incoming gold. I couldn't even type fast enough. I'd be furiously typing away uh, while I was also trying to prepare dinner uh, while the audio played. And then Shanda would say something else that I wanted to write down and I'd have to pause. Like it was, it was pretty crazy, especially considering the amount of notes that I wrote. Just a ton of abbreviated, uh, scattered notes that I organized for you at jordanparis.com slash EP187. I'm telling you, you know, you're going to hear so many things today that you're going to think, oh, wow, that's really good. I should do that. And then you're going to forget about it. Unless you go to jordanparis.com slash EP187 and keep referencing that page so that you can actually take action on the things that Shanda is teaching you today. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I fully plan on buying and selling multiple homes using none of my own money, using uh, the method that Shanda teaches us today. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Shanda Sumter. By the way, last thing, you can message her on Instagram at Shanda Sumter, S-H-A-N-D-A-S-U-M-P-T-E-R, with any questions that you have after this episode. She'll answer. Anyway, enjoy. My guest today is Shanda Sumter. Shanda has this business called Heartcore Business. It's a training company on the brink of hitting eight figures. Has it has it hit eight figures yet, Shanda? Yeah. It has. Okay, so it's an eight-figure training company. So that means like, what, over $10 million. That's what that means, right? It does. It does. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to think about it too much. 
And uh, you know, it's all about uh, it's designed to give entrepreneurs the powerful systems that they can use to share their gift and use those gifts to create profitable, sustainable businesses of their own. And you know, Shanda, in the midst of being a multi-million dollar business owner, she's a wife and uh, a mom with plenty of time for family and self-development and hobbies and rest, which I myself love too. And she also, she just showed me her view. She's got a beautiful house in, uh, in where, where's your house? Where? San, it's Diego. A, well, it's a, San Diego. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I thought I saw that somewhere. Be, oh, you know how I knew that? Because Natalie Jill and right. you guys know each other. Yeah. Are, are you guys like, are you guys close? Yeah. We're good friends. Huh. Yeah. We're really good yeah. friends. Cool. Well, I heard your interview with Natalie and I've interviewed Natalie as well. And uh, so you live in this beautiful beach house in, in San Diego and it seems like, uh, it seems like you're really loving life. So Shanda, Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Jordan. I can't wait to see what we dive into. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, well actually, what we were talking about in the, in the pre-show about this huge opportunity right now, and I'm going to use a buzz, a buzz phrase, in the midst of all this uncertainty right now with you know, the virus. And, but I want to make sure, before we dive into that, I want to make sure people can find you when they hear something and get curious. Heartcorebusiness.com is your website. And I mean, yeah, you're on you're on LinkedIn too. That's where I hang out the most. I sent you a connection request on LinkedIn, Shanna. You have to accept that. I know, it's- you know, I don't it's crazy. <laughs> this is this is nuts. You know, like people say that you have to be on every single platform. And I think it's powerful to be on every single platform. Um, but the but the truth is is that we grew off me just focusing on Facebook for a really long time. I'm on Facebook every day streaming, um, every single day at 1045 in the morning. And then, um, and it used to be 6am in the morning cause I worked it around, you know, being a mom and, you know, raising a little, a little child. And that was the best time of day for me to do it. And then, and then Instagram, I was like, I got to get good at Instagram. And so Instagram is where I spend most of my time right now, meaning that's the only place you can still actually get me because with, with a company of our size and we're just getting started. Like all the, all the work I've done to this point is just prep work. And so now we have the teams, the systems, all the back end, everything's set up to go where we really want to go. You see a lot of people go from 10 million to 60, 80, a hundred, 500. Like you see this trajectory. It's quite fast after the 10 million mark. And so with that being said, LinkedIn, which I love. I literally just said the other day, I should start streaming on LinkedIn. And, you know, but then the team's like, well, actually the next priority is YouTube. And so it's, it's a, it's an interesting game because it's leaders, right? Like you have to have the right leaders inside the company to run the different departments and the different platforms. Because the truth is, is, you know, I don't know how spiritual you are, Jordan, but like, um, I had a God moment the other day where I was like, God didn't put me on this planet to be a marketer. He put me on this planet to be an entrepreneur. And somewhere along the way, I got so obsessed with marketing that I ended up, you know, in the rat race of like, how do you learn that funnel? How do you learn that platform? How do you learn? And the truth is, is that can start to pull you back because the growth happens in who is the leader that needs to lead that? Who's the person that I need to hire for that? And it's a shift in your mindset because first you have to be about the marketing and then you have to shift and be about the leadership. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. So, I mean, right now you're obviously delegating and and I would, if I was, you know, $10 million a year business, but, you know, I think for a lot of people, they do have to be the marketer and like, you're not saying get rid of marketing. Like, like that's, you know, I mean, how are you going to get business if you're not doing marketing? I mean, at least that's the way I see it, but you're just delegating to other people. I, I understand that correctly. Right. Yeah. I, well, it's okay. I'll give you a good example. Um, our sales team, the pandemic hit and we have an in-house sales team. I really think growing businesses, you need to figure out your lead gen and you don't outsource your sales, right? Don't outsource your sales. Okay. Don't outsource your sales. It's a dangerous game. Okay. So put in the, put the attention on learning how to be the type of uh, trainer, leader, whatever, or hire somebody to train an in-house sales team. That's so important. So when I focused on those two things, the pandemic hits, we go from 30, 30, we go through from 65 live events a year to being grounded, right? Like can't get, can't get on a plane, can't gather, can't do anything. And I'm like, eh. so we've got to pivot. So the sales went down to like four or five sales a month, which <laughs> is really not good when you have employees and you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, your overhead stays here and your additional cash flow that you're, that you're um, used to coming in to cover expenses and to grow the company goes down to like, like not just down a little bit, like four or five sales a month is drastic, right? We do 60, 80, a hundred high end sales every single month right? Of new sales coming in, new business coming in. So I don't want to sound too mechanical on this, but like, I just want you to understand the difference in that. That'd be like making $5,000 a month. And then all of a sudden you're making 10 bucks a month, you know, that there's a big, there's a big drop in that. So when that happened, instead of how do I work harder or how do I do more lives online? How do I like get more traffic? I shifted. I was like, what's missing in my leadership team? What's missing? And what was missing was an old trainer that we used to use. And I was like, I got to go get that guy. And so I called him up. He was working for somebody else. And I was like, what's it going to take? And I baited him back over to us. He came back over to us. And the first week that he was on, my sales team were now closing four or five a day per person. So he was like a sales trainer. Is that, yeah. That's what it is. Okay. And but really, like yeah. how how do you get to the the point where you can just kind of hire anyone to come in? You can delegate, you can hire sales trainers. Like how how do you how did you get to that point? And what what is what is the point that you that like we should start thinking about, you know, doing doing that? So, okay, so it's an interesting question because if you listen And and how do you find these people? It's overwhelming. <laughs> indeed. 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 There's a site called Indeed. And you need to write ads that are written. Like we, we try and hire people like we're, we're like enrolling them to come work with us. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Like even if you're a brand new company, you shouldn't do that. You need to set the vision on where you want to go because that's how you show somebody a target. This is where we want to go. And even though we've never been there before, whether it's you or me or anybody, it's still a pipe dream to get there because we've never been there before. But you have to be able to articulate the vision of where you want to go. And if you can effectively do that, you can attract good people, period. Second thing is, is when I write ads, I write them to myself. Like 
I don't need people and neither does anybody else that we need to push across a finish line. So I th- say things like, I say it like at the beginning of an, of, uh, of a job description ad to, for someone to come work with me. I literally say things, first of all, commission base. I'm not paying salaries. I'm paying commission base. You're not, so, you're not paying salaries. Commission. That's great. Right. So, so I pay higher on the back end. And so it's incentivized on somebody being hungry. So you're someone, this is what it would look like. You're someone who you're addicted to your phone. In fact, your family thinks you need to put your phone away. You're a bit of a workaholic. You're obsessed with creating results. You can't stop reading the books. You can't stop studying your craft. You know, you're the type of person that even when you hit your goal, you almost forgot that you hit your goal because you're already setting the next one. If that's you, keep reading. If not, then you should not read any further because you will absolutely not enjoy working for this company. Do you see what I'm saying? So I hook with the workaholic. Um, Even though I take off five and a half months a year, my husband will tell you, I, my team will tell you like my, I literally just got off with my team just before we jumped on here. And I said, our traffic girl is she is as driven as me and she works as fast as I do. And everybody, all my executive team started to laugh because they know that I will do more work in one week than most people will do in three months because I'm obsessive. I get up at 3.30 in the morning. I'm go, 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 go. I stop at three. I transition into being a mom and I am full on hands-on with my son, you know, mixed with some working out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm thinking about this sales trainer though. I mean, he's not actually like making sales, is he? So he's not commission based. Is he salary? Yeah, no, no, no. He gets, okay. he gets an override. He gets. But now, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. He gets an override. So he gets he gets percentages of override off of the people who are selling. So he's incentivized. Oh. So he's first of all, he's incentivized to grow the sales team because he gets paid on every hire that he gets that stays for ninety days. And then he's also paid a percentage override off every sale every single month. How do you, cause I've actually, I've actually tried, you know, to start to just bring on like one salesperson instead of it just being me. Like I have, I have tried, I was so, so close a couple of times and like, I just don't know how to make it. Like, like, how do we make it worth the while if we're, and I, you know, I was going to do like commission base zero up front yeah. and like, yeah. I just don't, what's just the don't price, know. what's the price point that you're selling at? So essentially my company is a podcast production agency. So we produce podcasts, we make podcasts, we manage them. And, you know, I'd say that the average is a thousand dollars per month. Yeah. So I would be looking at how do you increase that? Um, package to add things to it. Like go mm. and ask the people that you're working with, like what is missing on the podcast? So a lot of people, what's missing on a podcast is how do I monetize it? Right. How do I build my email list for it? How do I create a campaign off the back end of it? So there's, so if you package something on with, with your podcast agency, then you can charge a higher price point, but still even a thousand dollars a month, our average product that our sales team is selling is 1197 a month, right? So it's not much more than yours, right? So if you say, so there it's about 15,000 a year is what it comes down to with the deposits. If you, if our team's closing 60 of those a month, it's 900,000 a month. 
if I'm giving a sales trainer a 2% override, that's 18K a month. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. So that are these programs, are these like year long programs? Do they go forever? Or what, what is going on? Yeah, they, they're, they're year long. They're year, yeah. they're, year, they're year long. But to give you an idea, the sales trainers incentivized to take it to 60, 100, 200. Now you have to ask, can you scale like that? Or do you have to create something else? Because it has to be worthwhile for them to scale because they want to do that new business every year. So, or every month so that they're taking a percentage every single month off that reoccurring income. So they sell yeah. once and they keep getting paid all year for that month of sales. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then are they incentivized to pay in full? So we find ways to pay, to incentivize people to pay in full because if you have somebody pay for a whole year of podcasting, give them two months for free. It's two grand. Right. But what you can do with all of that cash up front is a lot. You get what I'm saying? You can, you can hire, you can reach more people, you can. And so there's little things like that that make a huge difference. So I'll give you a great example for everybody to understand. One of our uh, clients the other day said to me, um, she's still selling. And so she comes to me with these ambitious goals for the year. And, and I looked at her and I go, great, your goals come to 1.3 million. Let me show you how to get to four. Let me show you how to get to 4 million. 4 million is hire a sales manager that brings on five people to sell, right? All five people are selling a minimum, whatever that is, eight sales a month, 10 sales a month, whatever, each of them, you know, and, and when you added this up, her plan by her just focusing on leadership first, let me find a leader that knows how to do this better than me, that can hire, train, and knows how to build a sales force. You, her, will focus on creating packages that they can sell that are really great packages that the audience really wants. See what I'm saying? Because once you get you out of the sales, what happens is you take a hat off and you put yourself in a position where now you have to focus on lead gen, marketing, fulfillment. You no longer have sales. And so what happens is the sales department puts pressure on the marketing department to deliver, which then becomes an accountability game for you as an entrepreneur to grow your company. What happens is we are working way too hard and we have no real accountability. If you've got a sales director that wants to make money and you they they grow their sales team to five people, 10 people, 20 people, then the game starts to become your, how do I create the leads for them that are qualified? I and see. then how do I reinvent the packages so that we can grow this much bigger and reinvent the packages? But you're wearing two hats now versus three, and the company's making way more money because you have somebody that is much better than you at that position. And, and you've got you've got hungry mouths to feed is essentially what I'm what I'm getting from that. That makes a lot of sense. I never thought about it like that before. Well, yeah, and you're forcing yourself to do that because now you don't have to think about selling. You're just thinking about the front end. Thing. So there's more time in a day now. What is this? You know, we were talking pre-show. Even with everything going on right now, like you're telling me, like there's this big opportunity. You know it. I know it. I've seen it in my business. Sounds like you've maybe seen it in your business too. Meanwhile, there are people telling me, Jordan, no one's buying right now. No one's going to buy right now. And I'm like, I'm like, let me prove you wrong. <laughs> and I have. What do you, what do you, 
where's the opportunity? How is there a big opportunity when there's this gigantic economic downturn? Yeah. So people that are saying that nobody's buying right now don't know how to turn a prospect and shape them into a customer or client. And so their problem is in that part of, of the campaign, that part of the marketing funnel, whatever you want to call it. It's on that step. Um, because everybody who knows how to turn a prospect and shape them into a customer or client knows that like right now is such a great time to be online. We're getting three to four times the results that we were getting before for the same amount of effort right now online. And so if you just think about that, if I can break that down, it's like if, if you did something that would make you $5,000 a month, you can multiply that by four now. Because you're you're going to significantly make you make three to four times that five k. It's going to compound that like you're you're getting paid much higher. We've never had more painfuls than we do right now. We um you know I mean I just got off with our with our sales VP and before I jumped on with you, and uh, literally he was just sharing with me. I mean our our numbers have jumped so much that. Uh, like they're they're on such cloud nine because they all think they're the cat's meow right now, and I'm like, let's not forget, it's so easy because everybody's paying attention. So part of the problem before was that it, it was very distracting out there in the world because we were all busy, and we all had somewhere to go. And right now we have nowhere to go. And even if you're listening to this in the summer, you still have the potential of rolling quarantines happening. You still have the potential of the fact that um, people are not getting back to normal. There is no normal. You know what I mean? Like, like I think about my five-year-old son and we're not putting him back in school. He's not going back in school. He's staying in homeschooling. And now I've looked at homeschooling and they're they're grading 38% and higher on SATs than they ever are doing in in school. Think about it. Like you as an entrepreneur, like school system is creating robots for a world that robots have taken over. Yeah. And so it doesn't even make sense, but yet so like this time has broken a lot of parents understanding. You know what the common thing I hear about parents from parents? I didn't realize how little my kid was learning. Oh my God. It's it so stupid what's going on in school. So stupid. And I'm glad that it's finally coming to light. This is what my, this is one of the things I'm talking about in my upcoming Ted talk that I was supposed to give a couple of months ago before it got postponed, of course, but man, I could go, I mean, honestly, the education system is just, just utterly so failing, failing so bad, awful. It's so bad. And you have to think about the fact that, um, you know, my five-year-old will never drive a car. My five-year-old jobs mm, have maybe. never been created. They've never been created. Whatever he's going to do has not been created yet. So how do you educate for that? Leadership, creative thinking, problem solving, resilience. Yeah. Um, it's all Me- that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, it's like schools. What do, what do we care about? They, they care about like they, their tests are geared towards who is the best memorizer, and and to memorize something is to admit, I don't actually truly know this. I don't truly understand this concept. So I have to memorize it. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. And and, and that's what you know, like the ro- the the system is geared towards rewarding those who can memorize the best, which isn't always the most intelligent person. Well, and it's not, and not even just that, Jordan. Like. 
now go to parents. Do you know how hard it is to break that belief system? You almost feel like you could damage your child if you take them out of the school system because it's so it's so hard to go against the grain ever, especially when it's a human being that you love so much and you don't want to screw them up. But so that's a great example on how normal is being broken. I know more parents that are not putting their kids back in the school systems. They are homeschooling. They are, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pay a teacher more than their teacher is going to get paid at school to pay attention to our child and teach our child the basic skills of math and English. But then we want him to be a creative thinker. Like I, I would love him to have a business at seven. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And, and look at this, the, 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 the empowering of other leaders that you use in your business. Yeah. You're, you're applying that now to homeschooling. You're hiring you know, the best teacher uh, to, to do this. And I mean, you can, granted, you can, you can afford to do that. I don't think everyone can, uh, can afford to hire their own teacher, but Okay, but hold on. Let's talk about that for a second because this is what I mean by by the system is so messed up. Like, okay, I can't afford to go to the next jump of where I'm going inside this company. Okay, I can't afford it. It's so big and I can't afford it. So what do you do? You start to think like, how do I liquidate costs? How do I create expenses into cost you know, cost departments or into revenue departments. And so no different than when I started this company, I let three homes go into foreclosure. That was a choice. You did? Yeah. So that was a choice. And that choice was super smart. I'll never forget driving through Starbucks crying. And my stepdad said to me, he's a very, very successful businessman. He said to me, he goes, Shanda, just let your properties go. You'll be able to live in them. This is when the real estate market was crashing. You'll be able to live in one of your homes for a very long time before the bank will kick you out because they're so backlogged. So that means you have no overhead. So use that. You, you use any amount of money that you have to build your business. You like when's the next time you're gonna have no overhead, right? Like, and I'm going, but I feel like a loser. He's like, so this is lesson number one. Like, get unemotional. He's like, your business has nothing to do with emotions. He's like, you have no overhead now. You're going to have really bad credit for seven years. So what's the opportunity? You're going to learn how to create cash. What do you think I teach now? I teach the thing that I had to scrappily figure out. I am so good at creating cash. It's insane. I mean, I can see it everywhere, like everywhere. And the foreclosures happened because of the pandemic? No, the foreclosures happened, not now. The foreclosures happened when the real estate market crashed. Oh, I was, I was yeah, going to say, I was, I was like, no. wait a minute, this is contradictory. No, I thought she, I, I was like, she's doing well right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. This happened when the real estate market crashed um, and, you know, Bear Stearns closed. It was like 10 years ago, right? Nine years oh. ago. And I was so, just, I'm just too young to comprehend that. I'm 22. So yeah, I was okay. probably like 11 or something or. So. Okay. So, so it was, it was, it was like all of a sudden, like nobody could get access to money. Everybody was losing their homes. Um, it was a huge economic crash. And now 10 years later, the same thing's happening, but with a pandemic. And this is why every 10 years you have a complete economy meltdown. And so we got to wait another 10 years from this. I was jumping up and down because during that breakdown, 
I did $170 million in real estate sales and in four to 15 months. You were, you were a real estate agent? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so that's when I exploded. And that's when I ended up, I exploded the real estate. I started this business on the side and I let my credit go to shit. And I lived completely free for almost a year because they didn't come. They, they were so, imagine everybody on your street pretty much losing their homes. The bank can't come and collect all of them. And so they just post, post notes on everybody's door, but they can't do anything about it. Like it, So I walked away from all of that. And so in the last nine years, I've built this company. And now I'm jumping up and down with a sensitive heart. I mean, my dad's on a breathing oxygen machine. Like if he got Corona, it'd be bad. It'd be game over for him. So, but outside of that, I was like, I can't believe I get to live in another world like this, that I get to, <laughs> I get this huge opportunity to grow. And now we're getting already three to four times the results of success with the same amount of effort. I'm like, let's go. Like, when the pandemic hit, I literally worked for seven weeks straight because I was like, I couldn't stop working on the weekends or anything. I couldn't stop working because I know the value of this moment. I think you and I both share this excitement and for this period of time. What would you say, you know, people should be doing right now? Because, you know, 10 years ago, we see what came out of that hardcore business. Mm-hmm. And now you're... I mean, you're, you're what you're multiple. I mean, you're just doing, you're doing, you're doing a lot better, you know, even better, or I should say. Yeah. And like, this is a huge opportunity for you. What, what should people be doing right now to take advantage of this opportunity? Think outside the box. So, okay. So I'm looking at $6 million homes right now. I, we found one that I could have gotten for 4 million, but I didn't love the way that the house was positioned and it had too many steps. Um, my husband is now trying to enroll me in a two acre piece of property here in San Diego with views of the ocean. So we could build like an Olympic size infinity pool, you know, an eight and a half, 10,000 square foot home, you know, with bocce courts and, you know, pickleball and basketball and all of that. Man, let's host a tournament. Give me the invite. I'll organize it. (laughs) This is how my parents live. So they live like with yachts and homes in Barbados and all over the world. And he loves it. So he's like, let's do that. Let's kind of recreate like an entertainment house. And um, so we will probably move in that direction. But, you know, we're going to get a piece of land for a great deal. And then we're going to have the owner carry a certain amount of that cash so that we can use some of that cash to pick up other real estate for like duplexes and things like that. So we can cash flow. We're going to stretch it. So how does a normal person that maybe doesn't have a, you know, an eight figure company get into the game? First and foremost, every single month, even when I had very little money, I started with $2,000 a month. I started putting into a, a slush fund, into a savings account. Now it's six figures every month. I put into a savings account. Um, that's not including my operating cash for my company. That's not including my paycheck. It is literally sitting in an account and I slosh up and some months I do more. And I use that slush fund in my, it's like cash, liquid cash to be able to grab it and buy things with. Okay. And you'd be surprised how quickly that can, that can stack up. So that's rule. Number one is pay yourself first. You've got to do that. I don't care if it's 
10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, a thousand, 2000, and just play the competitive game with yourself to keep upping it like every four months. And it's an auto pull out of my account. I can't stop it. It's an auto pull that goes into another account. So I'm not manually moving anything. That's number one. Number two is think outside the box because of the fact that like, uh, I have a client that said, I've always wanted to live in the lake, Lakeview in Seattle. And she goes, but I don't have the type of cash right now to be able to go buy a house because my credit's not that great. And I'm like, um, there's, we're in the highest unemployment of, since the great depression. I'm like, give it another six months, give it another five months, four months, maybe while they're listening now, you know, to this podcast and people are going to need you to come in. They'd just be thankful if you just took over their monthly mortgage, right? So you can have owners carry for two years while you fix your credit. You can come in and look at, not everybody has to take the deal. Be unemotional about it. Just literally go in. You can't go through the agent because the agent wants you to buy now right? So you've got to go slip some notes into people's homes. Well, what if they're not living there and there's a renter? Well, if you've ever had a landlord, you get something for your landlord, what do you do? You hand it to your landlord, right? And so write letters, you know, say, I love this house. I want to raise a family in it, or I've just always had a dream or Jordan, I'm a young entrepreneur and I've got big dreams and, you know, I have great cash flow and, but I don't have good credit. And so, or I'm a little too young for them to extend this to me, or my company's only X amount of years old, but here's what I can tell you. I can put down 25,000 or I can put down some and I'll take over the monthly payment. And in two years, I'll have this house off your hands or you can have it back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you start to learn how to think outside the box because there's wealth transfer happening. And some of that wealth transfer absolutely could be in real estate because like you can't work as hard as if you buy, if you can control a half a million dollar property or a million dollar property. Well, if that grows by 15% over the next couple of years, that 15% is on a half a million or a million dollar property. You get what I'm saying? So a million dollars times 15% is a lot more than 400,000 times 15%. Now let's just take your earning capacity. Like how long does it take you to earn that type of cash that you get what I'm, you hear, can you follow right. me? So right. I sit there and go like, people are trying to work their way to millions and that is just ignorant. That is an employee mindset. You don't work yourself mm. to millions. You don't work yourself to millions. You leverage yourself. Yeah. You leverage. So you can make $20,000 and make millions. Why would you spend even more years trying to make millions? Just take that 20,000 and make millions with it. So let's say I, I, I if I were to guess, I don't know, maybe, you know, if the average person in the United States has like $10,000, which is sad. And I think it's a lot less than that. Let's just say that the average Growth Mindset University listener maybe has $25,000 and they're an employee. What, what would you do? What would you? Well, first of all, like, so um, I'm just going to use the real estate game because most people have been taught to put their kids in school, grow up, get married, buy a house and get a retirement fund, right? It's, it's because we're, we have been trained to be very much dependent on the system. So you've got to think outside the system. And so you can, you can like our average homeowner might not understand what a lease option means, right? But you can Google lease option. What does it mean? 
right? So you can, you can lease option a house, which is rent to own. So, so you got to remember that think about how often you've had resistance on, on a dream or a goal. Like my client for the lake house home in Seattle, she went and dropped off a letter and I said, now be unattached and go do that five more times before the end of the week for five more homes. And she's like, well, I asked to rent it. I go, stop asking to rent it. Like control that property. Like if you're going to rent it, you might as well rent to own it. You know what I mean? You'll have more pride in that property. You'll be more excited about that property. You agree on a price today, and then you have two years to be able to get that property out of their name. That creates in-house accountability. So many people are working off your own willpower. And I don't care if it's Brendan Burchard, myself, Suzanne Evans, uh, Bill Gates, not one of us are self-motivated all the time. We are all human. We have bad days. There's some days we feel good and there's some days we don't. And I'm so absolutely grossed out about all the the influencers out there that say, you know, yes, I do get up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. But this morning I got up at 8 a.m. And that is so rare, but I got up at 8 a.m. You know what I mean? I was sick for five days. And so since that, like a week ago, I haven't been up at 3.30 in the morning. So that's if I needed my willpower to create my results with that, I'd be in trouble. Because how long does it take you to get back on a habit when you fall off? A while. So everybody's human. That's the, that's the common thread. Build in accountability. So if I have accountability, like I just controlled it, I just took over a house and put my butt on the line. And if I don't finance it into my name in two years, that means I'll go find somebody to fix my credit. It's usually like three grand and somebody can fix your credit. Like all my foreclosures, all that gone, three grand, right? So it took, I think, four or five months to get that done. People are like, I don't want to pay the three grand. Well, you'll want to pay the three grand if you've got a house that's going to be yours, that's growing in appreciation, and you're going to have that transfer of wealth, right? Even if you find it into your name and then turn around and sell it for for with the new appreciation and take that cash and go do something else with it. Get the cash, right? Like stop being emotional about it. So we're stopping ourselves in the game because we're so used to thinking inside the box that we think, oh, somebody won't sell us a house for an owner carry. Yes, they will. You just have to make it easy and say, even if you don't know how to do it, figure out the how before. When I needed money to grow my business, I text messaged because I was so afraid of selling. (laughs) I text messaged a guy who I was looking at his house. I was showing his house to somebody else who's a police officer in Las Vegas. I text messaged him and asked him if he wanted to make 30% on his money and in, in a year. And he said, absolutely. The banks don't pay that. I didn't even know that because I was not very smart. But what I do, what, but what I was, was I was hungry and I needed that 5k to pay for things in my personal life. So I wasn't stressed out about things. I needed to get the, the pressure down. So he gave me $5,000. I paid him 30% of his money. How do you take the money? I got online. I was like a promissory note, uh, like, and I, Sure enough, they're online for free. I just downloaded it. I don't even know if it was legal or not. And I filled it out and I, you know, faxed it over to him or took a picture and scanned it over to him. And sure enough, he transferred the money. Make sense? Yeah. So, but, but like, you know, now we're, so we're talking like real estate investing, like how does your, your business, does hardcore business and like 
real estate invest do, or, or are they just like run in parallel? They don't really have no, too much to I, do with each other. They have nothing to do with each other. I'm just yeah. saying that you're looking for leverage points to get ahead, right? right. And when okay. I'm looking at the silver lining out there, I will do an online presentation every single week and make offers because I'm not going to be too tired or too exhausted to do that. I will hire more sales team to take advantage of the moment. I will go look at pieces of land or real estate to see if I can underbid them and get into it. And I don't care if I've got money, don't have money or have credit or don't have credit. I'm going after it. It's about making offers. You guys, you have to be making offers on a regular basis. And if you are comfortable, you are in a very, very dangerous position because at some point you have a parent or a friend or somebody that needs you and you want to be in a position that you can help them. And you don't feel like you can't, you know what I mean? Like when I when my company was just growing, I was great. I was getting insurance plans on my mom, right? Like I was like, I took out insurance. I, we're just creating different leverage points, right? So I was like, what's the most amount of insurance I can buy on my mom when she's still healthy with a high death penalty? My mom's gonna die. My dad's gonna die. I've insured them. When they die, which is going to happen, I'm gonna get a bunch of money. Because they didn't set up a retirement fund for me. They didn't set up. I pay for that. So so you guys have got, do you hear what I'm saying, Jordan? Like you have to think about these things because if you think you're just going to work for the rest of your life right. and you're going to make millions and every year is going to be amazing, you're sadly mistaken. I had two years in this company that we didn't make money. I had months upon months that I was transferring $200,000, $300,000 from my savings just to cover overhead in a scale, right? Scaling the company, growing. If you grow at the level in which you make money, you're also making a mistake. That's what good credit's for. Your credit, you don't want to die with an 800 credit score. That's dumb. You want to use your credit to get access to cash, to put money down on marketing campaigns that are working. I'm throwing so much stuff at you guys right now, but what what I'm trying to get you to do is realize how easy it is to actually create these results inside of your life, but you've got to shift and you've got to start thinking. So yeah, I'm 22 years old. I'm pretty comfortable. But I, you know, and I have time to get to, no, you obviously, don't. I have time, I have time no, to get to, no, I, what? At 25, <laughs> I was already doing? crushing it. 25, I was already absolutely crushing it. I was on my second career, right, at 25 years old. So you gain wisdom after going through it. Don't let that mindset sink in because you don't. Okay. I don't, don't. I don't have time. Uh, I don't have time. I also don't have, I don't own any property right now. So what am I going to do? Am I going to go on Zillow? And what, like, what do I, <laughs> you know what I was okay. doing? You know what I was doing at your age? I was putting signs out on, I was, you know, like, at I don't know, Best Buy or whatever you go get the, the neon cardboard signs. And I was writing, I buy, I buy homes cash. Or I will, I will take, I will uh, take your home off your, uh, like, like, um, I'll take over your house payments, you know, things like that. And I took those signs and I stapled them to pieces of wood and me and a couple of my friends would run out. And just before rush hour, we would slam those stakes into busy intersections and, and it had my cell phone on it and my phone would bring off the hook 
And I would get all these messages with people who wanted me to buy their home. And what would happen is I would call them and I would, I would make them offers. I would find out, do you own, how much money do you own on it? Is there any amount of like equity in the house? And I would tie up the home and I would tie up the home and then I would sell the home to an investor and I would take a 15, 20, $30,000 spread finders fee on the property like that. And I would do that every single weekend. And the signs are taken down like that, by the way, like the city takes the signs down. So what is this like how to buy a home using none of your own money? Is that what this Pretty much. is? I just, <laughs> I just brokered it. I just, I just controlled the property. And, and, and you, an investor, what do you, where are we? Google. I mean, just, 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 Google, yeah, yeah. Just, Google local investment groups. All you have to but do you, is call them. And, and you don't have to be a real estate agent. No, it's called a bird dog. Oh, Called a bird dog. You're bird dogging deals. It's no different than like if you're so affiliate marketing is kind of the same thing. Like when you mail for somebody else's product and you sell somebody else's product and you get a you get a referral fee off of it. It's called an affiliate fee in internet marketing. But in real estate, the fees are much higher, right? They're called bird dog fees. And I'm just saying there's so many ways to be able to make money. It's insane. Right. So when somebody tells me they don't have the cash, it's like, that's, you're just lazy. You're lazy. Let, let me see what you did for the last two days, every hour. I want to see how many times you went to the fridge. I want to see how, do you know that our sales team, they reach out to a hundred people a day. Jeez. And a hundred people a day in three days, they cannot keep up with the volume of people coming back. So literally they can't keep up with the volume. That's, that's the, that's the secret. A hundred people a day, three days later, you will not be able to keep up with the volume of people coming back. How, how, are, you, how are they reaching out? Email, DM? Email, text message, DM, all of it. All of it. Huh. This is, there's, there's so much, there's so much opportunity right now. So like if people, and, it, and I, you know, this isn't, this isn't necessarily like something I, you know, I'd want to like. I'd feel bad to like continue asking you about like the whole process of like, you know, of, of, of bird dogging and like, you know, just, and so if people wanted to like learn more about that, like what would they look up? Like yeah, they, so, to, to so, buy and sell a home using none of your own money. How, how, how are we figuring Yeah. And you guys like, this isn't even what I do, right? Like I know this is just like what I'm saying, like, you want to be so well grounded on how to create cash. So you never have money be like your boss. You, like it, it's got, you got to master money for your life, which means that you can't ever stop at your capacity of time or money. If you do, you've now reached a leadership capacity. And my goal is always to expand people's mindset and say like, think outside the box, please like start tracking your time. We have an hourly tracker that we give our clients and they'll, they'll be like, I'm stuck. I'm like, you're stuck. I'm like, let's track your hours. Let's see what you do. Like, do you even start with a plan at the beginning of the day? Like every hour, do you know what you're going to produce? Right. And I'm not saying I operate like this on an everyday basis, but when I feel any sort of lag in results, I grab that hourly productivity sheet, which is just what am I committed to creating in the next hour? Did I do it? Yes or no. There's no kind of sort of I did it or I didn't. You will see your natural habits of where you fall apart in making money. So to answer your question around bird dogging, any of that type of stuff, first of all, you could just Google. 
how do you get it? Like, what's a bird dog in real estate? And you're going to get so many leads on how to actually figure out what that is. How do you find real estate investors? Just real estate investment groups, right? Like real estate investment groups in the UK, real estate investment groups in California, in Toronto, Canada, in all these different places, you'll find tons of them. You're not subject to real estate investment groups in your area. They can be in any city, country, anything. In fact, I love other countries because typically their money often is worth more. Um, that's why I like the UK. And you just call and you say, what are you educating your group on? I just want to know what you're educating your group on in case I come across any deals that you guys might want. And what happens is they tell you, we like pre-construction real estate. Great. Go to developers. I mean, I specialize that. I would go to developers and I'd say, this is my buyers. <laughs> my buyers want this deal. They want 30% discount on the property. They want this, this, and this, and this, and this in their pre-construction real estate. Can you create that deal? The developer would always say yes, because they're the ones that are knowledgeable about the product and they've been doing real estate for longer than I'm alive. And so they create the deal. I bring it back to the investment group. Do you want this deal? My developer said he would do this. They say, yes, perfect. I broker the deal together and it's done. I take a finder's fee on it. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this is uh, this is one of those conversations. It happens every now and then, but it doesn't happen every time. Not at all. I don't want you to think this, but we're, it's one of those conversations that that makes me feel stupid. And I go back and listen later, and like when it comes out, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like it goes over my head in the moment, you know. And I I learned a lot today. Like, gosh, it's just a world of opportunity. And you know, I thought I saw the opportunity in this in this economic downturn. I mean, gosh, inter my friends, inter Shanda's world of opportunity, <laughs> hardcorebusiness.com. But where, where do you like to hang out? Where, where are you teaching people the most? Where can people learn more Instagram. from you? Instagram? Instagram. It's under my first and last name on Instagram and I'm on there daily and people are welcome to at, like DM me, ask me a question. I answer all my DMS. People are always shocked. They're like, I can't believe you answered me. I'm like, why wouldn't I answer you? Like, yeah. this is what I do. And I've taken off so many hats inside my company that my job is content creation and my job is helping people. And that is my job other than casting the vision of the company. Shanda Sumter on Instagram. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be following and learning more from you. I, I, I there's a lot more, that I need to learn from you that, you know, I just can't all get out of a, you know, a 50 minute conversation. So I've still got some, some homework to do and learning to do on, on my own. And I hope that you'll join me in doing that, my friends. Shanda, my final question for you is, and we, we talked a little bit about homeschooling earlier, probably like 30 minutes ago. My final question that I ask everyone is if you could teach a course it's not homeschooling. If you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Entrepreneurship. Um, you yeah, know, my, I think that's fitting. my uncle, my uncle, uh, well, he's my uncle through a, a stepdad. Um, he uh, taught, he created the entrepreneur, uh, you know, educational system uh, program at Cornell. And he said, you know, Shanda, you have to perform in six months. Like you really are real entrepreneurship. Like I don't have to perform and put money back in somebody's pocket in five years. 
you know? And so he's like, you know, what you do is real entrepreneurship and it's true. It's like, somebody feels like I failed them if they don't make money in six months. Right. But yet we go to university and we sign up for four or five years and we don't expect to make a dollar from it. But yet we hire a mentor, of course, or a mentor or a coach to be able to create a result. And we want those results like that. And, and so I would teach that because this resourcefulness, which has really been the theme of this whole podcast together, this resourcefulness has to be taught. You know, when my son, who's five, is like, mom, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, figure it out. Like you can do this. Like there are, there are 50 ways to find money right now for anything you want. There's 50. Test me on it. Literally probably stop at 25 and feel like I'm stuck. Force yourself to go to 50 and you will be shocked where you find money. And so it's crazy. And I've done this with people living in cars. Okay. There are 50 ways to find money right now. We have just shut down our ability to think and we're not resourceful anymore. And it's tough because these phones make them, make us even more unintelligent because we don't realize how much we're creating pathways in our brains by just zoning out. I mean, how many times have you caught yourself like, you know, especially middle of the night, you guys, you got these darn phones in mine is never in my bedroom anymore. No, never, never. That's a, it's like, I've been doing that for years. Can't, yeah. can't have a phone in the bedroom. I can't even imagine. No, because what you'll do is you wake up in the middle of the night and you grab it. And then two hours later, you've gotten no sleep and you're still on it. And I think many of us have had that experience. And so that's happening to us all day long, unfortunately. All day long, it's happening to us. We're wasting 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here. We're wasting it. And so you've got to break the parameters and retrain your brain to think again. Shanda Sumter, you're a badass. I admire you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.